babies. Praise God. What a blessing it is to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Come to worship and praise and glorify God. And how, well, if we talk about the blessings and good things of the Lord, we'd just be here the rest of the day, wouldn't we? Amen. But uh, allow me to say that we're the ones that have absolutely been blessed so much by the acquaintance with all you people. It's been good to get acquainted with all these ministers, Brother Davies. I didn't realize there were so many men up this way that love this glorious message and wonderful truth. And our hearts are just full today, and we're full of thanksgiving. I just want to get better acquainted with you. I want you to come and see us and be with us in our camp meeting. We'd be so honored to have you. And the Davies certainly brought a rich blessing to our life. We had this boy it was my dream when I was a boy to have a boy someday and then we got that boy and then we got nervous about that boy some of those uh, Egyptian looking girls he was talking to was about driving us out of our mind and so uh, God got a hold of his heart and just worked out everything so wonderful Amen. I'm telling you my heart I'm I'm full way up to here today. And I think of the goodness of God. I don't want to play around. I don't want to take no chance. Amen. I tell people truth's been good to me and I'm going to be good to truth. Truth has took real good care of me. It's put suits on my back and shoes on my feet, money in my pocket. I'm not going to start playing now, brother. Amen. And then it's give me these things money can't even buy. Amen. To have a young boy, and he helps me in the church and preaches every Sunday night that we have preaching. Amen. Of course, that's a little hard for Brother Burr to deal with, but we still this old-time Pentecost and shout and sing and see people get the Holy Ghost is what we thought it was all about. So it's been good. God has been so rich and so good. And we're just honored to be here and uh, to worship the Lord. We've been so blessed by this meeting, Brother Godair, Brother Price. Such words of wisdom and blessing to my heart that I'm going to take back home with me, Brother Price. And then last night, I've heard Brother White many, many times. And he's just a man. His sword never misses. Amen. He never misses. Man that walks with God and loves God. And I want to tell you the truth. I went away from here trembling. I told my brother when I got we got back to the motel. I said that message scares me. Amen. Lest that we would ignore what God is speaking. Because I'm 55 and I started preaching when I was 19 and pastoring, I started preaching when I was 16 and pastoring the church, my dad had a stroke when I was 19 and at that point brother Davies I preached to people and I didn't realize the consequences of it but I knew I was talking to them I knew without a doubt and I'd watch them play with babies while I was preaching to them amen, but I was 19 then, I'm 55 now and guess what, I've watched what happens to people that get preached to and don't pay it any attention and it scares the life out of me. Amen. Hallelujah. 
we heard from God last night. Brother, if you can ignore that, you're making a foolish mistake. You'll pay for it someday. You'll see. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. May the fear of God fall on all of us today. Why don't you reach over if it's appropriate and join up with a prayer warrior and just come on, cry out to God with me that the fear of God would fall on all of us today. Oh, God, don't let me be foolish, Lord. Don't let your word fall on deaf ears today, Lord. Oh, God. Oh God, oh God, oh God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. He loved by Kaya, Messiah, Speak to our hearts today, God. Talk to our hearts today, God. In the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord. Praise God. You can be seated. I want to obey the Holy Ghost and get out of the way here today and let Brother Alviar. You're in for a great treat, great man of God. We love Brother Alviar. He's been to his church many times in Brazil, a number of times, and doing a great work for the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Exodus, the 34th chapter, 14th verse. For thy shall worship no other God, for the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. Lest thou make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land, and thou go a-whoring after their gods, and do sacrifice unto their gods, and one call thee, and thy eat of his sacrifice, and thy take of their daughters unto thy sons, and their daughters go a-whoring after their gods. And make thy sons a whoring after their gods. Thou shalt make thee no molten gods. Everybody say in Jesus' name. Jesus. You can be seated. Praise God. I, I want to lay a little foundation here today for the thought that the Lord has laid upon my heart. And it's the termite of Pentecost. Amen. The termite of Pentecost. Again, the Lord said, and ye shall overthrow their altars and break down their pillars and burn their groves with fire. And ye shall hew down the graven images of their gods and destroy the names of them out of that place. He said, take heed to thyself that thou be not snared by the following them after they be destroyed from before thee that thy inquire not after their gods, 
saying, how did these nations save, serve their gods? Even so will I do likewise. He said, if thy brother or the son of thy mother or thy son or thy daughter or thy wife of thy bosom or thy friend, which is as of thine own soul, entice thee secretly, saying, let us go and serve other gods which thou hast not known, thou nor thy fathers, namely of the gods of the people which are round about you, nigh unto thee, or far off from thee, for the one end of the earth, even unto the other end of the earth. He said, Thou shalt not consent unto him, nor hearken unto him, neither shall thou pity him, neither shall thou spare, neither shalt thou conceal him. But thou shalt surely kill him. Thy hand shall be first upon him to put him to death, and afterward the hand of all the people. And thou shalt stone him with stones that he die, because he hath sought to thrust thee away from the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. And all of Israel shall hear and fear and shall do no more any wickedness as this is among you. He said, Thou shall worship no other God, for the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. Don't worship any other God. Just worship the God of Israel. Hallelujah. And why wouldn't that be enough? Amen. As good as God has been to us and how God has so richly blessed us and helped us. Why wouldn't we want to serve the Lord and live for him? And get rid of all the little G's. And just stay with the capital G. Amen. Kick all the little G's out and love the capital G. Hallelujah. You know, a person can never find the real sweetness of the Lord until they've got rid of the little G's of their life. They can't really enjoy this Holy Ghost until they've kicked all the other little gods out of their life. And if you want to spoil this good God and this good blessings and rich anointing and all the good things God can do in your life, just hold on to the little G's. And they're termites that'll eat your soul up. They destroy from the inward to, to take away the strength and the joy of the Holy Ghost. It's a wonderful thing when people come to God and they just flat sell out. They don't start arguing. They just kick the little G's out and said, I'm going to do it right. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it with all of my heart, and I'm going to do it pleasing to God. And all of us here today that are pastors, we've watched what happens. The windows of heaven start opening up. The blessings start flowing. The hand of God starts working in their life. Amen. And the blessings of the Lord are so rich because we know what they're doing. They're walking by faith. 
when I started out, they told me about the Lord. And thank God I was a little boy sitting on the front pew of Pentecostal church and camp meetings and hearing preachers preach. And there was something in my heart that leaped out of my soul and said, you know what, I believe it. They said, if you pray, God can do anything. And I said, you know what, I believe what they're saying. Amen. I believe what they're preaching. And I believed. But now I know. I'm not believing no more, Bran. I know what God can do. I know how God can work. And it just makes me so angry at these stupid little termites that get in the, our lives and get in our hearts and get embedded in our, our spirit that spoil the anointing and the help and the power of the Holy Ghost to where we do, do not get to enjoy the sweetness of this walking with God. And then we never see the manifestation of his power like he wants to reveal himself to us because we've got a bunch of little gods working inside our heart. And this is what happened to Israel. This is the thing that continually got them in trouble. They were many gods, but let me just give you three of them. One of them was the Dagon. He was the chief god of the Philistines. He, was, he had an image uh, of a face and body of a man, but legs and feet with the tail of a fish. They built many temples to the god of Dagon. The Dagon temples were put there. You know what they were? They were really entertainment centers. Because when you read about the life of Samson, you find out the Bible said they had come, they had, the people, the Philistines had come to offer up a great sacrifice and to rejoice at what the, their God had done in conquering old Samson. So it was a great center for entertainment. The God of the Egyptians, of course, you know what that God was because the children of Israel, they followed in that trap and fell in that trap and they built that golden calf and that's what it was. It was to show power and fertility. And it made the people worship in an immoral way. In fact, the scripture says that they were naked worshiping around that golden calf. And then the other God, the God of the land, heathen God was the God of Baal and that was the God of the Canaanites and the Moabites and it was the symbol of a bull and of course that was the one that Elijah met with the 450 prophets and said you take your sacrifice and offer it up to Baal I'll take mine and offer it up to God backed off and seen which one would send the fire down from heaven hallelujah and the fire fell and consume the sacrifice of old brother Elijah. I want to tell you this thing will work. This thing will work. You know what is so sad is when people have flirted and they allowed the termites to get in their life. And then they turn their finger back on God and say, well, I paid my tithes and went to church and it didn't work. And that's a sad story. And that's where a lot of people are at. But the truth of the matter, they never got all the termites out of their life. They wasn't really willing to give up this world and sell out to God. Amen. And they, they were spoiled. They spoiled the blessings of God. Amen. The Bible said that God sent them lean, gave them the desires of their heart. 
and he sent leanness to their soul. Weak, watered-down anointing when it could have been powerful Holy Ghost anointing on their life that no army could have stood against them, but they would have won every battle. And they would have had glorious and great victory. And I want to tell you today, we're not put here to be defeated. We're put here to overcome and to have victory. Amen. It's the will of God that we would be blessed of the Lord and have the rich, good blessings of God upon our life. Hallelujah. We should not be defeated. You know, that's one thing that always have gotten me to praying and stirred up my spirit is whenever I would, uh, things just didn't work out right. And I always seemed like I was, I was hitting a wall. And that's what drove me to this prayer. Hey Amen. That's what drove me to prayer and commitment to prayer and praying daily and seeking God. Because, you know what, I look back, I, though I was a preaching, I look back and I said, I remember when I was a boy, they told me it would work, and I believe it will work, and it's not working for me. What's wrong? Guess what people do? They start looking at the Bible to try to find out what's wrong when they are to look at themselves. Because here's the problem right here. It's not a question whether this will work. He come a shikaya. It's not a question whether it'll work. Friend, this book will work. He come a Hallelujah. But it's that we have allowed the enemy to move in. Of course, we know that Satan is the God of this world. Second Corinthians told us, In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So the enemy, Satan, is definitely the God of this world. Amen. Again, in the book of Revelations, that talks about that great dragon that was cast out, the old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Amen. Where are people's gods today? Where are they at? Look at the young rich man that came to God running, kneeling down, crying, good master what can I do to inherit eternal life oh and Jesus told him he said I've kept all these I've observed these from my youth and Jesus beholding him listen to this today, beholding him, loved him and said unto him one thing thy likest, go thy way, and sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and take up thy cross and follow me. And the Bible said he was sad at that saying, and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. Amen. Amen. The Lord wasn't trying to turn him off. He was trying to turn him on. But he knew what was in his heart. There was a termite eating away in his heart. And it was the love of things that was going to keep him from paying his tithes. Going to keep him from doing what he was supposed to be doing. 
And God said, go and sell. You know, we get accused of preaching that we're running people off. We're not trying to run nobody off. Feels compassion like the Lord felt. And when the Bible said he looked and beholding him, he loved him. But he said, I'm going to tell you the truth. It's the termite in your heart you need to be delivered of. I want to tell you something. When God hits the termite in your heart, you don't need to go away mad from the church. You need to say, hey, get the termite out of me. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. 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 Where are the gods of this day? And what is the God of this day? Jesus said unto them, you are they which justify yourselves before men. Isn't it amazing how people always justify their sins? And they almost feel like, well, if they could get you to agree with them, they'd feel all right. Hey, it's not whether I agree with you or not. Amen. You've got to be justified before God. We're just a representative of the Lord. And they justify, they want to be justified. It's almost like you meet some people and they tell you, if you'll let me in heaven, I'll let you in heaven. <laughs> Amen. They feel like, oh, we know you are going to heaven, but we want you to say, we're going too. Can't say it. Amen. They're wanting to be justified. He said, for that which is highly, listen to this, highly esteemed among men is an abomination What is highly esteemed among men is abomination. So all we've got to do is just go and find out whatever is highly esteemed among men. And we can put our finger on the problem. We can find out what the real God is. And we can find out what their real church is. Satan's temple. What do they get emotional about and filled with joy about? And where do they give their money so quickly and freely and happily? Amen. Where do they give it? Where does this world give it today? I'll tell you where they give it. They're, they're, they give it to the sports stars of this world. That's where they worship. They don't worship in churches. People are not going to church. This city is not going to church. But you let them have some kind of ball game in Portland and see what happens. If the coliseums and the arenas do not fill up with people there to worship their heathen God. Are you with me today? Amen. Oh God, help us today. They're not going to church. People are not going to church. They're not interested in church. They barely get a few people out there once a week, and it's so dead and dry and lifeless. They can't get an amen out of their people. They can't get people worshiping God. They can't wait till the preacher gets through where they can go home. That's not where their God is at. Their God is in the gods of this world. That's why they don't mind paying some heathen Seven, ten million dollars a season 
to kick a ball that can kick it further than someone else. They don't worry about how much they make. They're just worried about how much Brother Davies makes. The child molesters and the Michael Jacksons, y'all, I hope y'all keep him out here. White glove on one hand, molesting little boys with the other hand. But you know what? They want to take care of them. They want to protect them because it is the God of this world. And people that do not have this revelation, they wonder what's wrong with it, Brother Holmes, for us to listen to the ball games and go to the ball games and fool with the ball. I tell you what, it's termites inside of Pentecost today that's robbing them of their glory and robbing them of their power. I want to tell you something. When you preach like this back in Little Rock, Arkansas, I, I, surely you are not as crazy about all this stuff as they are back home. But there's a little thing called Razorbacks back there. And man, if you have got the guts and nerve to say Razorbacks and preach what I'm preaching today, people cannot hardly believe that you would have such nerve. But devil, you're a liar. I, I, I can't tell you the people that's told me that Brother Holmes, they didn't, they're not coming back no more. They got offended. You said something about them Razorbacks. Well, they can just keep on getting offended. This world, by the help and grace of God, is not going to intimidate me. Technology is not going to intimidate me. As fast as they can come out with it, that's just how fast I can preach against it. And there are so many preachers come along and they've said, we're going to give up this preaching holiness where we can preach to the crowds and the masses. Amen. That's a lie the devil's told. God is what draws souls. God is what sends revival. want to be the man in whom the king delighteth to honor. O oh, Ahasuerus, what he said about Mordecai, when he found out Mordecai had saved his life, he said, what shall be done unto the man in whom the king delighteth to honor? Get out of here, devil. All you can do is just lick your chops. There's not a thing in the world you can do about it. <laughs> I love it, 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 I love it. Devil, you don't need to give me a break. 
All I need is God to just give me a break. You can like it or lump it, devil. There's not a thing in the world the devil can do with God. When God steps out, Brother Cecil, and says, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to help you, old boy. The world may be against you, but I'm going to help you anyway. I'm going to help you anyway. It doesn't matter what anybody says. I'm going to help you anyway. Get out of here, devil. Get out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You just do my work. You take care of my business. You love me like you're supposed to love me. You kick all the little G's out, and you just see what I'll do for you. You just see if you won't be my man. You just see if I won't help you. You just see if I won't give you revival. You just see if I won't do exceedingly, abundantly, above all, whatever could be asked, whatever could be you could think of. And brother, we've watched the scripture be fulfilled that he could do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you could even ask or even think. But first of all, you got to get the little G's out of there. You got to hate what God hates. You've got to love what God loves. You've got to turn your back on this world. You've got to hate sin and the devil and everything connected to the devil. Will he do it? You better believe he'll do it. Will this message work? You better believe it'll work. If I sow, will I reap? You better believe you'll reap. You'll better believe God will do more than you can even think. Hallelujah. The devil is a liar and the truth is not any. Amen. You know what's happened today? There's a bunch of fence straddlers. They want to live in both worlds. They want to hold on to the God of Baal. And they want to have this God. Amen. They do not believe that sports and all this trash is truly a God. Well, God's, the people are not worshiping in church. They're worshiping at the arenas. That's where the God's got to be. And then here comes the Pentecostals alone. And they're getting all fired up. And they're getting a hold of the sports page. And they're reading about old Johnny Tom Sam that's playing and running and doing all this. Oh, yeah. They're listening to it on the radio. And as Brother White said, now they start slipping around. And they just happen down over to, over to Cousin's house. And it just happened to be the Super Bowl. <laughs> just an accident. Didn't know it was going on. Just ended up over there. Amen. And they're drooling at the mouth. And they're watching. And their heart's beating fast. 
I wonder if he'll be able to catch it. I be wonder if he'll be able to make it. I wonder if he'll be able to make the touchdown. And there's a mad God that's a jealous God standing over the side. Say, what on earth are you doing down there in that land of Moabites? What are you fooling with their God for? You're going to need me one of these days and I'm not going to be there. You're going to cry and I'm not going to hear you. I'm going to mock when your calamity cometh. Because you've turned your back on the source of help and power and victory and anointing for the little G's of this world. Get out of here, devil. Get out of here. Set God's people free. Let God help You can be seated. Friend, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid to say very much. You'd think I was bragging, and I, well, amen. It's unbelievable what the Lord has done. I grew up in this Pentecostal home. My brother can tell you there's not a mark on my mom, on my dad's life. They love this truth. They love this message. They preach this holiness in our hearts. Brother, they didn't, not one time off on a vacation, did they ever, did they ever step out of line. If they went in a motel room and the television was on, it went off. And that's where they hung, he hung his pants. Amen, is on the television. Amen. Not one time. Hallelujah. Put this glorious message in my heart. Hallelujah. And I grew up under those influence and under that influence. I got started preaching when I was 16. I thought I really knew a lot. Evangelist. My dad had done everything in the world for me. Bought me a Cadillac, red and black vinyl roof, leather interior, two door. Amen. To drive while I was preaching. Amen. Between revivals, brother, it's been a good life. Put a credit card in my billfold, put money in my pocket. When I got home, it'd be money waiting on me. Whether they gave me any offering or not, it didn't really make any difference wherever I was preaching. It's just been a good life. And I got out and got hanging around and fooling around with some preachers and different places. And they was uh, going to motels and they was watching television, watching the ball games. And here I am, right in the middle with them. They was listening to them on the radio. They was playing around. And I got to wondering about my old mom and dad. I said, I wonder about them. 
I wonder about them. It's always been so straight. No foolishness or carrying on, no playing. Not going home talking about the saints. They was in love with saints, man. They was concerned about them. They cared a burden for them. They loved the church. And these guys were a bunch of playboys. And they was playing around, talking filthy, telling dirty jokes. And Brother White, I got to scratching my head and wondering, well, have we, what, you know, what is right? Amen. Hallelujah. And God worked me over a few times. He put a thorn in my side. I got to thinking I'm going to die. I could see myself laying in a casket. God was working on, he was working this old boy over. I couldn't sleep at night. I was walking the floor. Man, it was always I could pray a little while and I could feel enough power to go through any cloud. And it didn't matter then how long I prayed, I couldn't get through the cloud. And then when that didn't work, I could back up and I could fast about three days. And I'm going to tell you, there'd be such a rich, heavy anointing on me that they would nothing stop me then. Well, friend, I fasted three days. I fasted four days. Fasted over and over. I still couldn't break through. God was working on this old boy. He is showing me a thing or two. Amen. I'd lay on the floor. I'd cry. I'd pray. I can remember going to the church laying in the floor back in the Sunday school room of crying. Amen. I said, God, I've got to have something today. My Bible, I opened the Bible. I put my finger on a verse of scripture I'd never read in my life. And it said, I have chastened thee sore, but I have not given thee over to death. I knew then I was going to live. But he is going to work some trash and some termites out of my life. Brother, if you want to know the reason I'm living like I'm living today, man, it's the fear of God in my heart. And then I've been so connected up now to all these rich blessings. Every way you turn, God loading you down with benefits, doing the most unbelievable things before your very eyes knowing that you're nothing but just a stumbling, simple little feller, amen, without any ability, definitely just depending on the help of God, amen, it should have been my brother preaching and not me. Man, he's a, he's a great mind, a great man, but some way God reached down and touched my life and used something as feeble in me and then me to start fooling around with the little G's of this world. He whipped me to my knees. And I'm glad he did today because you're looking at a delivered man. A television don't even tempt me today. And when God gets through with you, it won't tempt you either. When God gets through with you, the internet won't tempt you. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't want to get in this other brother's time here. 
Amen. I want to tell you something. You can deceive yourself if you want to and think you can pay less and get more. You can deceive yourself if you want to and think that. You can think one is no different than another. But there's a difference in quality. You can drive a Pinto and try to make yourself believe you're driving a Jaguar. Oh, yeah, it's got four tires, four wheels, a steering wheel, a radio, a motor. There's a big difference. I've already drove two of them. I can tell you there's a big difference between a Pinto and a Jaguar today. I have people come to the church, Brother Davies, and they said, Brother Holmes, we would, we like coming there to church. We love that church. But those standards, we can't stand you preaching against women cutting their hair. We can't stand you preaching against that razorback. We can't stand it. And brother, I don't do it on Sunday morning. Wednesday night, I do it on Sunday morning. I'm not going to sneak around with this message. As good as God has been to me. You know the way I feel about all of them? I really don't need them. If God says, oh boy, I like you, I'm just liked. You can just do whatever you want to, I'm just liked. <laughs> You can lie to yourself if you want to. Well, there ain't no difference in this church, that church, and, you know, I'd rather go over there. Well, there's a reason you'd rather come over here. There's a reason you really like what you feel today, and you can't feel it at, at these watered-down, weak, effeminate churches that doesn't have a backbone and doesn't have any nerve. There's a reason you're feeling what you're feeling. Oh God, oh God, oh God, let me be willing to pay the price. Let me be willing to pay the price that I can have victory and anointing of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You know what Balaam, you can be seated, what Balaam did, he got the people of God cursed and it was a sly way he did it. And that's the way deception reaches and slips in and false doctrine slip in. It's, it's, it's the deceitful hand of Satan. He got the people, they begin to commit whoredom with the daughters of Moab. And they called the people unto the sacrifice of their gods. And the people did eat and they bowed down to their gods. They did eat and they bowed down to their gods. Hallelujah. God gave me this one Sunday morning. 
I preached it to the church. He, it was like a vision that went before me. I said, the devil got God's people worshiping at their ball games. He got God's people down there worshiping and bowing down to their gods. And then at halftime, here come out them little Moabite girls. Now I wonder what all those Pentecostal preachers told their churches the Super Bowl Sunday when Miss Jackson pulled her little stunt. And they got the Moabite girls out there and they started committing fornication. And God cursed the whole bunch. I preached that, Brother Davis, on a Sunday morning. I didn't know that the week before some good people in our church that had just received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the Cliftons, my brother knows, done business deals with, been a very, very uh, blessed man before he come to God, came to God, had jewelry hanging all over him. He was uh, on the planning commission and had been blessed and, and had all this jewelry and his wife had it. I looked at them. I said, oh, God, here we go again. What on earth will I ever do with them? But I knew one thing. We wasn't going to change. I knew if there was going to be any change, it would be them or they'd be going somewhere else. And you know what? The Holy Ghost knows how to work. You know what happened to that? all that ice on his ring, finger? He sold, He carried it back to the man that had designed jewelry for him and and he said, I want to, he said, just give me what it's worth. He said, Norman, have you lost your mind? What's happened to you? He said, man, I don't need this anymore, and I need a snake. And he come bringing the money back to put it in the building fund. That's just smeared into the devil's face, isn't it? And God spoke to me about him. He said, I've sent him here to help you. I didn't worry about him anymore. Amen. But that he, they've been in church now several years. And about a week before I preached this, no, it was that week, and I preached it on Sunday morning, he'd, have got, he'd gotten a call from uh, Jerry Jones. Anybody recognize that name, Jerry Jones? See a few hands. Y'all afraid to raise your hand? Well, let me tell you, since none of you know and you look so innocent, oh, man, I hate to mar you like this, but Jerry Jones owns the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas Cowboys. And Norman and Jerry Jones went to school together, graduated. He's from North Little Rock. Boy, I'm going to tell you, Brother Burr and them had to swallow hard when that Jerry Jones went down there and bought their God. Well, they were having a class reunion, and he wanted Norman and his wife to come up there and, and be at the class reunion. And they were going to have it at Saturday night was going to be a dance, and then they were just going to get together and, and uh, renew old acquaintances, the whole class. And that night, uh, they were going to a 
Dallas Cowboy football game. They were going to sit in the box seats with Jerry Jones. Oh, Liz was going to be there, Liz Taylor. And on and on the list of celebrities that was going to be, be there with him. And that happened that week, and that Sunday morning, the Holy Ghost gave me this to preach. Amen. He said, Brother Holmes, I was going to ask you about maybe going down there and just seeing him a little bit. But he said, I know better now. <laughs> Devil, you're a liar. Devil, you're a liar. Not going to fool with this world. Amen. Brother, it'll burn you. It'll mess you up. You'll have all kind of regrets because you let the devil lie to you and think you was an exception to the rule and that you could get by and nobody's going to get by. I wonder, I've often wondered this. Just what did old Adam and Eve think? When they got the news, their own boy Cain had killed their younger son, Abel. I wonder what, what was going through their mind. I wonder if it was such a bright idea they thought then to disobey God and eat of the fruit that God said don't touch. I wonder what kind of funeral they had for I wonder who built the casket. I wonder who planned the funeral. I wonder how they dug the grave and put away the body. I wonder what clothes, what robe maybe they buried old Abel in. I wonder how they must have fell over his body, weeping, crying, broken. It just seems so little. It seems so little. I wonder how they felt on their way back from the funeral, walking back from the cemetery. I hope today God will be merciful to you today, but I feel the judgment of God in this place today. Don't argue with God. Don't debate. Don't try to justify yourself. Don't wait too late to pray. Don't wait too, too late to get right with God. Fall on the stone and be broken. Break your will to God because I'm going to tell you when God falls on you. He's going to grind you to powder. And you're going to wish so much you'd have heard and would have had an ear to hear truth like we heard last night. While everybody stands. I want you to pray right now. I feel, I, I feel the burden of the Lord on my soul today. How you going to feel when you're coming back from Abel's funeral?
are you going to justify yourself then and say, no, it wasn't like that? Oh, let's all pray and humble ourselves before God. Oh, let's, let's let a spirit, humility, and submission to God sweep over us right now in Jesus' name. 